The Q Affair. While some similarities to living people may exist in your mind on reading this novel, it is a work of fiction. So it's your problem if you have people like this in your life. Chapter four. It soon emerged that the American political scene was not Desiree's main topic, but was in fact a supporting topic around her main one, the murder. She regaled her small audience of about 500 subscribers with stories of her own life because her daughter's murder was directly related to her own story. And what a story she had to tell. It seemed that Desiree was a woman who had many political secrets that had caused her to suffer greatly at the hands of politically motivated operatives. And with the murder of her daughter, caused by the secrets they knew the mother knew, secrets they needed to silence her about, she was determined to keep telling her truth, shielded while wearing the armour of God. Desiree told her shocked viewers how her daughter had been murdered by cult stalkers, cut down in her prime by the callous killers, as a warning to silence Desiree. But that wasn't going to happen, even if the killers still stalked her many years later and were, were encircling her in their deadly game. We must help her bring the murderers to justice by investigating, as she was doing, to bring the gang to their knees and put them in prison where they could murder children no more. We must help get the case reopened with our research while she provided the evidence to help us start to discern the truth of the matter. She knew the identity of the stalkers already, she told us, and they had so far gotten away with the murder this was because they came from a powerful Jewish cult-busting government-funded group called the Rick Russell Anti-Cult Institute, who targeted small Christian religious groups for takedown, harassing individual members mercilessly and trying to persuade them to leave the group, sometimes even kidnapping them, effectively taking away their choice to congregate peacefully for prayer and fellowship with like-minded individuals as the Constitution of the United States guarantees. Their real purpose was to silence freedom of speech in America and speaking out with no fear enshrined in the Constitution, which they loathe. Her daughter, a skating instructor and super intelligent college student who might have had a promising career in physics paper proofreading because of the adaptability of her brilliant mind, had it all ahead of her and planned to settle down near her mother in Texas when the stalkers caught up with her and cut her down as a sign to Desiree that the Jewish cabal were coming for her. Over the course of the next few videos, which sometimes started with discussions of what Colonel Ray Peters has, had exposed on his latest live stream about Q, with her own insights peppered into parts of the decoding she felt sure he had not fully understood, we learned that Rick Russell was, according to Desiree, the ringleader of the gang that had organised and coldly carried out the murder of her daughter. This guy did actually exist, I found out, as still open-mouthed, I looked up the details of the tale online. His institute specialised in studying how cults work 
and interventions where families wanted a member out of a cult. Some controversy had arisen as to their methods, as there was also an accusation made of kidnapping a religious group member. And while the charge had been dropped, I was intrigued, knowing that this man wasn't fictional. I came to understand over time that most of Desiree's stories involved webs of complicated lies woven around a nugget of truth. Desiree devoted a lot of time to telling viewers about Rick Russell, a man who had been involved in all sorts of criminal activities, she pointed out, long before he hired someone from his own institute to help him stalk both her daughter and herself, before they eventually caught up with her daughter and carried out the fatal deed. She naturally had quite a head of steam building up when discussing him since he was the one who organised her daughter's killing that fateful weekend at the empty college library, where she had been burning the midnight oil, proofreading a physics paper to supplement her ice skating instructor income. I could picture the hush and echo of the killer's steps on the parquet floor as they approached down the halls of the empty college and squeakily turned the ancient handle of the library's doors, slowly, carefully, trying not to startle her in her concentration as they crept up behind her, while dust motes floated up under the beam of the reading lamp. We subscribers were urged to not only look into the story more by doing our own investigations into the people she talked about, but also to share her videos by re-uploading them on our own channels and getting the word out so the stalkers could be taken down. She told us nothing else about the mode of death or even the daughter's name, come to think of it now, but we were too overloaded with information at this stage to really want to ask. The chat area beside the box had gone blank, everyone frozen in an awkward silence. Desiree retold the story frequently after her first telling, adding new details throughout that autumn, and more subscribers came to her channel, initially perhaps attracted by the topic of Q, which often featured in her video titles, only to find themselves hearing as much about murder as the goings-on in Colonel Ray Peter's channel. She sometimes visited over there. <coughs> Sorry, I have to stop. <coughs> <coughs> Here we go again. I'll put in this little bit so I can find it again <coughs> when I'm editing. Desiree retold the story frequently after her first telling, adding new details throughout that autumn, and more subscribers came to her channel initially perhaps attracted by the topic of Q, which often featured in her video titles, only to find themselves hearing as much about murder as the goings-on in Colonel Ray Peter's channel. She sometimes visited over there, joining the chat section beside the video as the live stream was running and commenting, even getting some new subscribers that way as they returned the visit to his channel by visiting her. 
The subscribers grew steadily during this period, and with her interest in discussing Michael Quinn videos also, she attracted some more subscribers because of using his name in her titles and attracting those curious to see what commentary she might add to his topics. She had also become interested in a rivalry that had developed between Michael Quinn and another YouTuber, an ex-psychologist whose own mental health seemed to have taken a bit of a nosedive if the content of our videos were to be any indication of mental health. This lady, whose name escapes me now, such as the speed at which channels can be forgotten after they disappear into the internet ether, had quite a cult going, according to Desiree, and her subscribers were much coveted by Michael Quinn, perhaps for their willingness to believe anything. Channels seem to covet each other's subs, perhaps in part because of the fact that if you had more than a thousand subs, you could start monetizing your channel by advertising and collecting money in chat. The channel of this lady, whose name I forget, featured her lectures from home on the virtues of creating a new type of society which your subscribers were to implement and this society would follow its own laws, called the natural law. It was be to be policed by those of her subscribers who would carry out orders as she saw fit to implement them. They had a manifesto online, linked to under her videos, which I wandered over to have a look at. Her group she was forming on her channel reminded me of Robin Hood and his merry men a little, maybe due to the allusion to nature in the manifesto's title, which made me think of Woods with the always smiling Katie, ah, my memory returns, and the idea that they were to be a separate state, which was to ignore the laws of the United States. Their laws, Katie pointed out, were the rightful laws based on man's nature, carrying with them no responsibility to bow down to any greater authority except, presumably, Katie herself who one suspected would be in charge of making sure everyone else did what she wanted them to do. Her subscribers were also fans of Michael Quinn. He appealed to their sensibilities on the same basis as Katie Cooper did. Memory sector recovery complete. Some of his ideas followed along the same lines as hers. She believed that artificial intelligence was something we should befriend, as did Quinn and she tried to align her channel with his, a kind of joining forces to create a bigger movement, making several ingratiating sugary videos, addressing him directly. She had big ambitions, did Katie, seeing the natural law sweeping America after she had helped to water and grow it at grass levels. Unfortunately for her, Quinn seemed to detest her, despite her best efforts to charm him with assurances that joining forces with her would be the best option, telling him how much love she felt for him, all expressed with heart-rendingly earnest facial expressions and an eerie, ever-present smile with which her eyes never seemed to be quite in sync. She made it plain that her warm feelings for Quinn were of a motherly nature. The boyish Quinn, who, although in his forties, exuded a lost lamb, vulnerable quality in the compelling liquid brown-eyed stare he offered to the camera, soon managed to poach all her subscribers. Indeed, she may have contributed to the demise of her own channel, 
since many of the subscribers were female and found themselves at least as drawn to Quinn's charms as she herself had been. Whether the feelings that attracted them magnetically towards the Bambi-eyed boy-man were maternal or not is anyone's guess, although he did reveal on a video he did from outside a Vegas casino that he was celibate because of being in training to be a Buddhist monk, which one would have thought would place him into the maternal care category firmly. Her brother turned up on another content creator's channel shortly after it became clear that Katie had gone missing following a video she'd uploaded in which she was wandering around a car park outside government offices in Washington, inspecting license plates of vehicles with a little too close an interest. Perhaps she had her reasons for beating a hasty retreat, quite aside from the mental health issues she was alleged to have had. Desiree noted on her own channel, from which she reported on her daily perusal of the latest content on other creators' channels, which she kept up with avidly. Katie's brother said in an interview another creator did about her disappearance that she had suffered several major breaks with reality in the past, and her vivid imagination, coupled with her ability to make other people believe in her fantasies, made her a poor subject for putting one's trust in. Quinn was delighted with the stampede of new subscribers from Katie's channel when it looked like she would not be returning anytime soon. They believed unquestioningly and enthusiastically in his latest findings from all his researches into artificial intelligence, which appeared to me, like all the other research materials he showed his viewers, to have been taken entirely from the top-ranking Google search results and the Wikipedia page, not going much further into the topic while managing to go all around the houses frequently, just like it did on the Truth Fleet as his topic seemed to regularly morph into something logically unrelated alike, but related by flimsy associations, such as sounding similar, or as in more than one instance, having a similar shape. He spent quite a while investigating the proliferation of hadron colliders around various sites in the US, for example, by looking at aerial photographs online to find circular structures such as the foundations for the Burning Man Festival held yearly in Nevada, and concluding that it must be a hadron collider because it was circular. Quinn's subscribers didn't have any issues with what passed for science or logic on his channel. One got the impression that they were so enthused by the possibilities of the world being not quite so dull after all as their own imaginations had suggested, that they were eager to believe anything if only because they were kept entertained and felt part of a group that had stayed unified, even with the loss of Katie. And it seemed true to me, at least, that like a hadron collider cleverly disguised as a hula hoop, there was a lot of circular activity going on in YouTube, with large groups of followers seeming to swarm in migration patterns as they flowed out of one channel into another. This beehive-like swarming pattern seemed inherently to be how the truther channels kept subs interested and seeking out new and entertaining content, bringing like-minded fellow subscribers along on their short flights to other channels for company. It was all terribly odd, generally, this swarming pattern, 
And I wondered if anybody else was noticing it. Desiree loathed Katie and before she disappeared from the YouTube stage, had declared her efforts to organise her subscribers to political action to be nothing less than cultish behaviour, which I couldn't argue with, having started to watch some of Katie's content myself to see who Desiree was so incensed about. Desiree was an avid fan of the status quo as it related to the current laws of the United States, and had a healthy respect for the police and state structures, which seemed entirely undiminished by the failure of the authorities to bring her daughter's killers to justice. So Desiree wasn't keen on the manifesto Katie had drawn up, which said that those in the natural law movement could take it upon themselves to patrol and police their local areas, organising a citizens' vigilante force, with the power to arrest citizens that were doing anything they disapproved of. They sounded potentially dangerous if they got their way under the admittedly charismatic Katie and became a big enough and well enough organised enough group to make their manifesto a reality. I thought this even before I'd viewed the videos about how an alien spaceship which had delivered them to Earth was to reappear at some stage to whisk them off to somewhere better in a sort of alien rapture scenario, a much longed for abduction, which they discussed various versions of in the comments. Perhaps some of our subscribers believed this is where Katie had gone to when the video suddenly stopped and they were left hanging until Michael Quinn wooed them over to his channel with talk of merging with the loving AI. They went gratefully since their own leader had been whisked away so suddenly. Desiree's criticism of Ray's polygamy also featured in several of her videos and was much commented on, usually not very favourably, in both comment sections and with supplementary chats back and forth between Ray's subscribers about the new and juicy tidbit of information about his personal life, making me think that possibly many subscribers were Christian ladies of the same vintage as Desiree, mid-60s, with the same taste in dapper elderly gentlemen. I saw little to recommend him as hot stuff myself, but thought he was at least well-mannered and clean, I noticed this because his tolerance for, and failure to even mention, some of the less pleasant or Christian remarks in his chat and comments was notable. He seemed to take the gossip about his love life in his stride and remained good-natured and unruffled by it all. He was a little more easily ruffled by the subject of politics, however, and often seemed to cycle through various emotions as he talked about the Q posts and what events they might signal in the inner circles of Trump's administration. Tears welled up in his eyes frequently as he bemoaned the Democrats' determined efforts to undermine Trump's presidency. And he frequently told his viewers how we must put on the armour of God, ladies and gentlemen, if we were to defeat the deep state and stand behind the president in the difficult job of clearing the swamp, it was emotional stuff to be sure. Conservatives of Peter's persuasion regarded Democrats as devils of sorts, with the existing vitriol already in evidence between Republicans and Democrats having escalated considerably with the investigation which had resulted from the Russia dossier 
compiled by the ex-MI6 intelligent agent Christopher Steele in 2016, leading to a full-scale investigation of the new president by the Department of Justice Special Counsel and ex-FBI Director Robert Mueller. The investigation had now swung fully into action on the obtaining of FISA warrants by the FBI based on the dossier's contents. It mattered little to the general public who had commissioned the dossier in the first place. It was funded in part by the Hillary Clinton campaign for the presidency. The dossier was being very publicly acclaimed in the media as being the smoking gun that would prove Trump's collusion with the Russians that Democrats believed had helped him win the presidential elections, largely by means of influencing social media content with Russian bots swarming social media platforms to swing the vote, and various hacks into private servers, including Hillary Clinton's email server, being carried out covertly. It was generally believed by everyone in the popular news outlets and media sources, and those ordinary people who learned how to love hating Trump through their TVs and other favourite media sources, that the revelations contained in the dossier, once made public, would put an end to the presidency that they couldn't and wouldn't accept as a reality in their lives. Democrats tended to avoid alternative news media channels such as InfoPill, preferring the Trump-bashing mainstream liberal-friendly channels, and in Colonel Ray Peters' expose, as well as the various other alt-right news outlets on news YouTube and elsewhere on the net, free reign could be given to the disdain felt for Democrats. Indeed, these channels served as useful outlets, just as mainstream news media did for Trump's detractors, at times, for the frustrations that accompanied being an enthusiastic supporter of Trump's presidency since he was such a target of hatred and derision even before his election, and things had gotten much, much worse since then. <laughs>